Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wisdom for Life broadcast. This is Pastor Glenn with another episode that we hope will bless you. Turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 23. We'll look at verse 20 today. Exodus 23 and verse 20. Hallelujah. How many of you know when you get older, it's it's harder to do things? I I I know some of you look at me and I you think I'm just a young buck, but these these cats get me playing the drums and stuff. I'm out of breath. I'm ready for a towel. I'm ready to lay down, man. But I'm trying. I'm trying. I want to give my best to Jesus, man. How about you? Did you bring your best for God this morning? Well, well, smile at me a little bit. Golly, I mean, man. Sometimes I look out there and you're like, you know. Hi, Glenn. <laughs> you know, you ought to see what I see now. Everybody's smiling. That's a good picture. I want to take a picture of that one of these days. Amen. Are you, are you there in Exodus chapter 23? Okay, hopefully you are. Hopefully you are. Here we go. See, I am sending my angel before you. I want to give you some Hebrew there on angel. When you read the word angel in the Old Testament, Sometimes you get this idea or this picture that it's some type of winged created being, but that's not always the case. The Hebrew here is melak. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean winged creature or cherubim uh, or, or seraphim. Sometimes it just means messenger, and sometimes it's a picture of the Lord. Are you with me? You see, before Jesus was incarnate, before he was born on this planet, there were, there were uh, moments, we call them Christophanies or theophacy, theophacies in the Old Testament, where Jesus appeared pre-incarnate. <laughs> let me just stop for a minute. Let me give you a few examples. Jacob wrestles with an angel, right? Yeah, we see the word angel, but the best way that they could describe Jesus appearing to Jacob, is angel. But how many of you know angels don't receive worship? Okay? We understand that we, we, we get a picture of that also with Joshua, where the captain of the host shows up, appears to Joshua, says to Joshua, take off your sandals, this is holy ground. Now where did you see that another place in the Old Testament? The burning bush with Moses. Okay? He didn't tell Joshua, don't worship. He didn't say, don't, you know, your sandals are fine. He says, you need to take your sandals off. You take your sandals off, it's time to worship. Angels don't receive worship. Hey, he's the fourth man in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, and it takes a king to look over, this pagan king, he looks over and he goes, looks like the fourth one in there is the son of the living God. He looks like the son of God. So we get these accounts. How about Abraham? He's with Sarah. Three show up, two go to Sodom and Gomorrah, one stays behind and begins to prophesy over Sarah's life and over Abraham's life. And how many of you know that wasn't an angel either? That was Jesus. I just want to remind you this morning that sometimes God sends an angel, and other times God sends Jesus. And many times you don't recognize the places where Jesus has already showed up and is in your midst preparing the way, positioning you, Come on, come on, protecting you, a lot of peas this morning, 
setting you up for a place, right? But there's one thing this morning that angel, Jesus, will never do. He'll never possess the land for you. He'll do it all. He'll do all the rest. He'll do all the rest. He'll protect you. He'll provide for you. He'll go before you and provide a way. He'll even make the the place ready. But he will not do the possessing. That's up to you. You wonder why some things are missing. Man, I read some promises. I see some things in the scripture. And God, I'm not exactly getting everything I'm seeing. Jesus says, I prepared it. Jesus says, I've positioned you. I've protected you. I've even prepared a place for it to arrive in your life. That's all say done. It's not like when you pray, again, like Jesus is like Santa and he's got his little elves and as soon as you pray and ask for something, they go to work and get it all ready for you. It's already ready. I wonder if I got a witness in this house. And, and you know, sometimes I get a little bit of a word that's a little stronger than others. Can you keep up with the, the rock this morning? Can you smell what he's cooking? Jesus is the rock, and he's saying, I've already made it. The reason why you're not seeing the promise and the revelation of it in your life is because you haven't possessed it. That's your job. I want you to see this. It says, see, I'm sending the angel before you to lead you safely into the land. Another translation says, protect you safely into the land. I have prepared it for you. There's three promises I'm going to show you in this in this verse alone. Now watch the rest. It says, pay attention to him and obey all of his instructions. Should you obey an angel or Jesus? Paul later says, if it, even if an angel were to show up and tell you any other gospel, don't believe him. It says, you're going to obey this angel. Now listen. It says, do not rebel against him, for he will not forgive your sins. Can an angel forgive or not forgive your sins? Are you with me this morning? So obey him. Follow him. He'll protect you. And it says, he is my representative. He bears, come on, read it. He bears my name. Oh, is this a Presbyterian church? Did that just offend you? That ought to, that ought to bless your socks off this morning. The one that goes before you bears, is God ever going to let you down if his literal name goes before you? Don't you know how this works? You get somebody that has a check and there's a name on it. And they give you a check and they've signed their name. Come on. They've signed their name. Can you cash that check? Well, maybe if you don't sign it, Pastor, but you know. Will that check bounce? No. His name is on it. His name goes before. This angel goes before you and is preparing you, protecting you, and has made a place for you. But it's up to you to possess it. Pray with me. Father God, in the name of Jesus this morning, we are thankful, God. We are thankful for your son, Jesus Christ. And I would pray this morning that there wouldn't be a soul in this place that would waste their angel. God, sometimes you send an angel. Other times you send your son. God, this morning, we're not going to waste our angel. God, this morning, we know that there's something better ahead of us. We need direction, God. We need a way prepared. But you're there. We intend to follow you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.
Now, you know, it was hot during worship, and then, I, you know, it's cooling off. Don't cool off. Don't cool off. I want you to see what happens here. Mo Moses is now, this is right after uh, the Sinai covenant with God, and God gives out some gifts here. One of his gifts that God gives out is the Ten Commandments. We don't look at commandments as gifts, but how many of you know that's a gift? Are you with me? That's a gift. You ever get a dog and put it on a leash? Why you put it on a leash? You don't want your dog to get killed. You ever get a dog and, and, and put a fence around your yard? Anybody see my little dog, Chloe? Look, she's about this high, but she thinks she's this high. Right? Right? She got a fence around her. And when I walk her, I put her on a leash. Want to know why? I don't want Chloe to die. Well, wait a minute. My wife don't want Chloe to die. And I want my wife to be happy. So yeah, th everything's in order now. That, that's, that's the point, right? I put some boundaries up on this dog because my wife cares about this dog and I care about my wife. So when God gives the Ten Commandments, He's not saying, you know, I want to be the cosmic killjoy. He says, you know, I want, I want, to, I want you to understand that I'm going to put a leash on you. It doesn't take your freedom away, but it does keep you from getting killed. The devil isn't the fun guy. Well, he is fun guy, but he's not the fun guy. God is the one that brings joy and peace and love and happiness, joy evermore. That's Get it right. So he gives the Ten Commandments. Someday I'll teach on this a little bit. It's a Susurian, a vassal treaty. Boy, it's deep. It's really, really cool. But God says, hey, if you'll just trust me and you'll let me be your God, I'll cut covenant with you. You keep these Ten Commandments and I'll give you everything else. That's not hard. That's not hard. That's what he does. And then he says, now I'm going to, I'm going to send you to a place that's blessed. Have you ever wondered why? Look at this for a minute. Have you ever wondered why Israel? Before you go saying, well, why not? Why Israel? At this time, this place is filled with six main enemies. And the Bible doesn't even mention the main one at this point, Philistines later. It is chock full of giants. And not only is it chock full of giants, but God is going to show you in just a minute in the scriptures, he leaves the giants there and is only going to deal with those guys little by little. Say little by little. Little by little. Because there's also, the land is full of wild animals and lions. And God says, I'm going to, get, I'm going to let them stay for a little while so that those lions don't eat you up. Why this place? This is, think about it for a minute. Why Israel? Have you ever been there? It, it, really? Why this place? But then if you look at it on a map, listen, if you were the one true God and you wanted the whole world to know it and to know your love for it and to know your message and your truth, I want you to see that Africa connects with this place. Asia, look, just look at it on a map. Asia in the Middle East connects with this place. Later on in history, what's called Antolia, or the bottom of Europe, connects with this place. It is the connecting place of three continents. This isn't God saying, I just want to save a few. This is God saying, I'm going to raise up a chosen people who will produce a Messiah who will carry my love and my message to the whole world through the diaspora. So, so this is God's big plan. But it's bigger than these people could actually see at the time because they've got to go into a place that's full of 
giants and lions and bear. Oh my. But God picked it for that reason. God made a way. How many of you know that uh, sometimes people are looking for a way, but they don't know that a way is a who, not a what? Jesus says this about himself. Now I want you to get this in the New Testament. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You see, the way is an I am. It's a who. You see, sometimes we want to come to God and we want to say, God, show me what direction I need to go. And God, the Father says, sure, just follow my son. No, 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 no. Can I get the details apart from that? Because I really need to know. Ever follow some... I just moved to, the, to, to this area about a year ago. Let me tell you what it was like for me to get directions from you. And I'm directionally challenged. Like, bad. My wife can tell you. It's almost like you don't even want me driving. Okay? Yeah. And I'm a leader of a church, and I'm directionally challenged. <laughs> All right, anyway. I get here, and I think it's Vince Petrella. First thing Vince Petrella says, hey, man, you've been to all the good places? I've been to a few. No, you haven't. Have you been to Dietz's? I'm like, went by it. No, we're going in it. So I'm riding with Vince. We go in Dietz's. I start ordering all kinds of stuff. He pays for it. How many of you know it's a blessed day? Give an altar call. It's awesome, man. It's good. Well, then we move here, and I want to know how to get back to Dietz's. You know, I got it. And I didn't know there were two of them. Okay? You, you know that. I don't know. Okay? So I'm saying, well, how do we get to Dietz's? <sighs> no clue. And, and, you know, we asked around, said, oh, that's easy. You know, you just go down Main, you go down Main three blocks, and you turn at Trenton, then you turn over here, and then you turn there, and then you turn right again, and you get into the parking lot, and there you are at Dietz's. What? What? I don't know Main, Trenton, anything else. Hey, listen, when I moved here, we came in a truck, and I, have to, I had to drop that truck off at a beauty boutique. I thought that was weird, downtown. I don't remember the name of it. It's like, yeah, it was, what? Yeah, the Shabby Chic. I dropped, you know where the Shabby Chic is? Well, I do now, but I'm not going to, I'm dropping off a rider truck to the Shabby Chic beauty boutique. That rhymes. So I'm trying to find Dietz's. I'm trying to get directions from you guys. You go, oh, pfft, that's easy. And I'm like, no clue. And you know what? You know what had been nice? You know what had been nice? Is I could have just found one of you that were already headed that way and say, I'll follow you. I'll just follow you. I don't need to know all the directions. I don't need to know all the details. I don't got time for all the details. I don't have, but, but I can follow you. And then later we see Jesus calling the disciples. This will all wrap up in how God prepares a way in a second here, but stay with me. Jesus calls the disciples, and then he says this, and there are commas in this sentence. He says, come, comma, follow me. I wonder if you're getting this today. He, he doesn't say, I'll give you the directions, comma, then you'll crash your car, comma, then I'll come save you again, comma. He says, come, follow me, comma, I will make you fishers of men. And then when that happened, later he said, go, <laughs> right? Now you know, you know where it's at, you've been there, you know what you need to say, now go into all the world, preach the gospel to every nation. He doesn't start with go, he says, come. 
And I, I love what, what, what God the Father is doing here. He's saying, look, I've got a place for you. How many of you know every, every person in this room, he loves you so much? Turn to your neighbor right now and just look at him straight in the eyes and say, I'm pretty special. You're not. You're not, are you? You do. I'm really special. I'm so special. Turn to your neighbor and say, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm kind of a big deal. I don't want to say that either. With him you are. With him you are. I'm going to remind you what I said last week. You were worth the blood of his son. I don't get that. You don't either. But with him you are. And, and you're worth, you're worth so much to him that he decided to not just get, he don't want to just give you the details. So stop in your prayer life saying, God, tell me how to do it. And then begin in your prayer life and just start saying, Lord, introduce me a little bit more to the who. I'll follow the who. And, and, and in following him, I'll get there. Oh, all you got to do is just stay close. Stay close. Stay close. And God the Father says, hey, listen, I love you guys so much. I'm going to send my angel before you. You know, the one that bears my name. I'm going to send you before you. He's going to protect you. Say protect you. He's going to provide for you. Say provision. He's also going to prepare that place for you. Right? Now think about this. What is Jesus doing right now? You're, you, you went to Sunday school. You're pretty good. So this is what this angel does. He's got it all covered. All you got to do is stay right behind him. How do you know, how do you know that you're doing the right thing? You're second. How do you know you're, do, you're in the right place? You're second. Not first. Are, are the sentences in your life about I and me? Or are the sentences in your life about he and I must come? I must follow and I'll be changed. I am second. All I got to do is stay with Jesus. This is so simple. You don't even need this sermon this morning. You could walk out of here with that and it'd be enough to change your life. That's all you got to have, man. He says he's going to prepare. He's going to position you. He's going to protect you. He's going to go before you. Wow. Can I give you a prophetic word though this morning? Do not forget what I'm about to say right now. This is prophetic for this church. It's prophetic for your marriage. It's prophetic for your future. If you've got a business that God's called you to and you want to bless people, it's prophetic even for that. I want to tell you this. God will go before, but He will not go for you. He'll go before, but He won't go for. If you don't possess everything He's protected, provided, prepared, and position that place for, you won't get it. The promises of God are optional. Just because it's in the Bible and you read it don't mean it's yours. On God's end, He's already decided it is. But you have to be willing to... Come, everybody. you got to possess it. If you're not willing to possess it, it ain't yours. You, 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 you ever go out to lunch with somebody? And they're like, I got the bill. No, no, I got it. And then you go through this exchange. It's really awkward. And both of you know the guy that's got it in his hand has got it. But you say, oh, no, I, no, you don't. No, you don't got it. I got it. Well, then let me split it. And then we go to the next phase. Well, then at least let me leave the tip. And everybody's sitting there knowing they got it. You don't. 
You ever, you ever, you ever slap your hand on the table and literally tear that bill in half when somebody else, you ever do this? Hey, listen, if you ever tell me you got the bill, I'll let you get it, man. I don't care. I don't, I really don't care. That's cool. All right, so you've heard, uh, you've heard Christianese phrases, uh, phrases like this. His will, his bill. Have you heard that? Oh, oh, his will, his bill. Let him get it. We make this more complicated than it is. What's going to really, what's going to really, uh, cause you to be diverted from possessing all the things that God has for you in your life is you'll be too busy trying to provide what's already been provided and so busy trying to protect what already has been protected and so busy trying to prepare a place that's already prepared and taking on an enemy that's already on the run. All you got to do is possess, man. If God says, I got it, let him get it. You, I think he's got a little bit more than you do. He's doing all right. It's not going to break his bank. He's got it. He's got it. I'm speaking especially to men this morning. Because in every, every man, you want to provide. You want to provide. That, I do, at least. You know? Sometimes I just got to look in the mirror and go, hey, it's okay, bud. Chill out. He's got it. His will, his bill. He'll pay it. In fact, it's already paid. You say, man, I'm glad about that. I'm happy about that. He says, I'm going to prepare the way, protect the way. I'm providing the way. I'm also going to prepare the place. This is all Jesus. He is the way. Just come, just follow, just stay with him. But then he says something that kind of bothers me. And it's theologically kind of hard to, to wrap my head around to this day. And you probably get it better than I do. And I'm not lying. Some things I'm just a little slow on the uptake. But I still don't know why this place. I still don't know why. In fact, he even says later on in the chapter, he says, listen, it, 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 it's got six enemies in there. It, 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 it's, got, it's got Hittites and it's got uh, parasites and it, it's got cellulites and it's got high-hanging lights. It's got all kinds of lights. Yeah, lights. I. Some of the jokes go way low. You're like, just preach. We don't need all the cheese. Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hivites, Jebusites, six of them. Couldn't you have picked a better place, God? Couldn't you have picked a better place? And God says, you know what? I'm not going to drive them out in a single year. But in verse 28, he says, I will drive him out. In fact, my, my angel will go before you and he'll, he'll be like a hornet. I love that, man. Verse 28, I love that. I've never seen Jesus that way before. The Jesus I've always seen is the one petting the little lamb. You ever seen Jesus as a hornet? You don't mess with hornets. Hornets get you, man. They'll get you. They're not like bees. Jason's into bees. He'll get all stung all day long, but bees, they swarm together. You know what a hornet will do? A hornet to go off by itself and, and, and get you. Jesus is saying, I, I, listen, I, I, I don't need everybody for this. The enemy gets in our way, I'm, I'm going to sting them. I'm going I'm to drive them out like hornets. People run. Right, right now, some of you look at me like, I don't ever run. You'd run if there was a hornet. Suddenly, it's a holiday miracle. You can run. Jesus is saying, I'm going to run in, and I'm going to come in like a hornet. And I'm going to drive them out. 
But there's six, there's six types of people. And they end up being giants. How many of you know that where God has prepared a place for you are giant problems? See, you praise God for the promises, but are you willing to praise Him for the problem? Oh, I don't want to praise Him for that, man. Well, He brought you there. He's left Him there on purpose. I, I wonder if I could put it to you this way. I, can I use a little play on words? In your notes, write this down. It was full of lions. The whole area was full of lions. What do you call when a, what do you call it when a bunch of lions all show up and get together? What's that called? Oh, a pride. Thanks, honey. That's sweet. I'll pay you back later. Lunch will be good. That's awesome, man. I got a cheerleader. And she's good looking. So if he drives them out all at once, he clears it all out all at once. And all that got to do is, and by the way, it's an 11-day journey. It takes 40 years. This is a compass. Just follow him, stay with him, and walk straight. Right? The problem is, is we deviate, right? It, this is a compass, and we go, well, you know, maybe a little of this too. Do you, know, do you know why people that are lost need compasses when they walk? Because when you were born, one leg is inevitably longer than the other. Did you know that? You know where that'll get you? One big circle. Flip that pancake. So you need to correct your course. What do you do to correct your course? Make sure that Jesus and His Word is ahead of you. You don't want to go anywhere the Word isn't. Right? So that's the course correction right there. You just want to stay on course, stay on course. Check your, check your position. Yep, I'm where, that's north, that's north, that's, well, no, you know. You can't do it on your own. And so God's saying, listen, I'm going to make sure that you get there. I'm going to make sure that my angel goes ahead of you. I'll even lead you by a fire by night and a cloud by day. You're, you're going to, you're going to have perfect direction. And you're going to have to be ready, but when you get there, I'm going to leave some problems. Giant problems. And the reason why I'm going to do it is, if I drove it all out and you just got there and walked 11 days, you'd be filled with pride. Look what we did. You've never been in a church like that. Pull off one single event, and then everybody's going, oh yeah, what we did, we did it, we did it. You ain't did nothing. You ain't, you ain't did nothing. He did it. Did somebody get saved? Well, you didn't do that. We even say things like, oh, I led them to the Lord. You didn't lead them to the Lord. Holy Spirit led them to Christ, and Christ led them to the... Come on now. That's the truth. All you did was show up, and you were a vessel. And that was last week's message. Man, you got to get that. got to get that. You got oil. Use it. But you aren't the oil. You're just a vessel. Paul said, we have this treasure called the gospel in jars of clay. That's all you are. Is a, you're a jar of clay with cracks in it. And you're seeping out the, the oil and the good things of God. And as it changes the world, don't, don't, you don't want to go like, oh, yeah, but look at what I did. You didn't do a thing. I think some people, they literally, when they come to church and they do something, they pull something off, I think they hear disco music in their head. They want to just, you know. So you know what God leaves in your life in order to protect you so that you'll make it to that place too? He'll leave a giant problem. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Why, Lord? Why? 
Why am I struggling with this? Why would you take me to this place, God? Why would you marry me to this man? Why would you give me this job? God, why would you give me this pastor? Why, Lord, why? And God says, listen, that's that's a blessing too. That's grace too. And God says, I'm going to drive those giants out, but I'm going to do it little by little. I'm not going to do it overnight so that I can get you to where you need to be because where you need to be isn't just a physical location. It's a spiritual one too. And I got to deal with your heart along the way. Now, how many of you know what happened? They got there. Some spies went in, right? They made some progress. Some spies went in and 10 of them came back and said, good news. Good news. We're exactly where we need to be. Is that what they said? No, 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 no. They come out and they talked about how big the problem was. Congratulations, Sherlock. We have, listen, we are all experts at pointing out where the enemy is. But can you talk about what God has said and where he is? Was the angel still there? Didn't God promise his angel would go before him? Didn't God promise that he'd protect him? Didn't he say all those things? Why are we talking about someone other than God? Why are we talking about the problems and not the promise? Man, it's so easy. You're, you're not off the hook, and I'm not either. We get into a conversation, I mean, 10 minutes after church. I wish I were a fly on the wall. You go out to lunch, and oh, wasn't that a good service today? Yes, it was. But you know what? No, what? We got us a little problem. Oh, we do. Do tell. This happens all over the world. We had a good service, but... <laughs> Let me tell you what's wrong with pastor. Hey, there's a lot... I'm. I'm plumb crazy. You haven't figured that out by now? You go around telling everybody there's stuff wrong with me. It's like, duh. Let me tell you what else. Whatever. What has God said? What did God do? Where is God now? And let's get with him. I don't want to hear about the flesh. That flesh is everywhere and it's fallen. It's broken. It's a mess. Congratulations, Captain Obvious. You pointed out flesh. Anybody could do that. Can somebody stand up and give the report of the Lord? Do you want to know who really leads in the house of God? The one who has the proclamation and the praise for the promise of God. Can you give him praise in God's house today? Come on. Who will it be? Will it be you? Well, I don't know, Pastor. There were three songs I liked and two... Maybe the giant problem's you. They get there. Ten come out, say, it's a no-go. Two come out and say, we can take them. You know why they can take them? Because the angel of the Lord was promised to go like a hornet. You know, sometimes, sometimes what you think is your enemy that's trying to face you is already on the run. It was on the run before you showed up. 
It's interesting, by the time they get to Jericho, but by the way, when I was kind of transitioning, coming to the church, uh, Pastor Cooper preached a couple of messages on Jericho. I wonder if we can find all this, but brother, you laid it down, man. God bless you. But by the time they got to Jericho, these guys were afraid. They were scared. They were frightened. Did you know the enemy is, he's, he's scared. He's frightened of the power of God that is in you. He knows it's greater. Just because you've forgotten it doesn't mean he has. He knows that it's greater. And he's already on the run. So what do they do? They got the protection. They got the provision. They got the place. They're positioned. But they don't possess. That's where we're, that's where the problem is. That's, that's the pudding. Right there. That's what we're struggling with. And we don't even see the progress along the way. Do, do, do you know why you have grandparents? You know, you know why you have grandparents and kids? I'm going to do this someday and I'm going to freak my kids out. So I remember when my kids were born and I take them home to see grandparents. You ever do this? Some of your grandparents, your kids bring your grandkids home to you. First thing out of your mouth, oh, they look so cute. That's so cute. Look at that little cute little nose, that cute little butt. You smack their butt. You bite their toes. You don't do this. What's wrong with you? You do it? Come on, man. If they're little, bite them. You know what I mean. Blow farts on their, on their belly. Raspberry their head. Mess their hair up. Come on, dude. Everything's free for them. They don't care. You're paying for everything. Mess with them. This is, what I, this, this is what I do with Joseph. Joseph got it. Whenever Joseph gets, I love you, man. But every, every time he gets his hair cut real nice, I go and I give it a good feel because it's like a chinchilla, you know? It's it, Joseph, we love you, buddy. You're awesome. You know what I love about this young man? I, and dude, I just want to, I, 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 I love you so much. I, I'm sorry for embarrassing you, but I want to say this. He has come to this church faithfully, like Hannah has. They've come to this church faithfully by themselves. Joseph for months. Hannah for years. Don't tell me there isn't a real God that will reach this next generation and that they won't respond. They will respond in Jesus' name. I love you, buddy. You're awesome. But you're a kid, and I've given you things, and that means I can kind of give you a little head rub every once in a while. But when, you, when, your, kids come, when, when your kids bring the grandkids home, this is what you say to them when you haven't seen them for a little while. You say, boy, they've grown. And then... And then here's what you usually say, the parent. Well, I didn't even notice that. And the grandparent says, there's progress. It's like some of you, you've been on this keto. You come to church and it's been one week and it's like, look at you. Look at you all, Hollywood. You've really lost weight. You've, I didn't know that. I, I have. Oh, yeah, you sure have. You know, you need suspenders. You need to look like Don with your britches because your britches are almost falling off. Okay. Hey, if you need suspenders, Don can hook you up. He's got one. He can hook you up, man. I love Don. Don's cool. I'm making a lot of enemies this morning. I better chill it out. Stick to the notes. Yeah, babe. Okay. 
I don't even know where I was. Okay, yeah, so you're making all this progress, and here's what happens. You start hearing about it, you start seeing it, you start seeing the results, and then you start getting prideful. And so God goes, that's the very reason why I've left a couple giant problems in your life so you wouldn't be prideful because pride comes before a fall and there isn't anybody proud that can remain in heaven. It was the first sin. That's what, that's what got the devil cast out in the first place. And I want you here with me for eternity and I will not tolerate pride. So it's better for me to leave you with an enemy for a little while. And then David says, thou hast prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The place you prepared it positioned me the place you provided it also has an enemy there just sit down and eat just sit down and eat and be humble and know that he's got that too they wouldn't possess it though because they said you know what lord there's somebody at the table that don't belong god is in the business of musical chairs and he'll stop the song and remove that chair and they'll be gone i ain't just talking about people i'm talking about your giant problems He'll deal with it. Now, here's what I want to teach you about that. Sometimes we look at some of the work of God and we mistake one for the other. I want to talk about justification or how salvation works. Deep stuff, but it's not really that deep, okay? God, once and for all, paid for your sins. Once and for all. Here's what that means. This ought to make you shout. He'll never love you any more than He does right now. He'll never forgive you any more than He does right now. He's never going to die for you again. He doesn't have to. That part's done. So when you by faith say, look God, I know you prepared this for me, position me for, position this for me. I know that you have gone and prepared the way that, you know, I have this place in you in Christ. I am now forgiven and free. Done. That's instant. You see, forgiveness is instant. Freedom is not. I'll let you shake and bake on that. Freedom is not. I love what Jesus said about freedom. He says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. He did not say the truth will make you free. He said the truth that you know will make you free. And if you're not growing in knowledge of His truth, then there's still areas that you need to be free from. So don't look at this area called sanctification, and it's a work of the Holy Spirit where He's delivering you of giant problems over time, progressively, changing you from glory to glory to glory. That's what the Word says. Don't look at that and mistake that for God not, not loving you, not forgiving you, not providing for you. All of that's done. But over here in the freedom category, listen, I want to tell you something right now. Life isn't cured. It's managed. It's managed. Can, can, I, can I go a little bit? I'm, I'll make you uncomfortable, but it's okay. I think you'll get it. In my life, I used to be addicted to drugs. I used to have a thing for alcohol. I used to have other addictions in my life. Now, just because I got saved and I'm a pastor and I'm spirit-filled doesn't mean that my flesh did. Over time, God set me free from glory to glory to glory to glory. I have victory in those areas, but I never get to a place where I say in pride, that's no temptation for me. Listen to me. 
Because this will get you in more trouble than anything else. Well, I've gone to this church for 30 years. And I, got, I know, I, I, I know, I know. It sounds like foghorn leghorn, you know. A son, a son, a son, a son. I sit in the same pew and I've tithed and I've read God's word. I haven't had me a drink in 30 years. Then all of a sudden, snap! Life hits you like a truck. And you're like, man, I could go in a bar right now. Listen to me. You ain't that great. And in that moment, you're still going to have to say, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm forgiven. I'm loved. I'm blessed. I'm free from that. I don't need that anymore. I don't need that. God will provide. He will give me peace. He, will, he has promised peace. He has promised joy. He's promised it. And it's a work of the Holy Spirit, not a work of me. I can't produce it. Right now, I don't feel it. Right now, I'd like to have a 12-pack. And you, did you know that Bud will make you wiser? That's why they call it Bud Wiser. I'm going to tear it up. But you say, no, Lord. I, I, I'm just, I'm making fun, but I'm, I'm telling the truth. You say, no, Lord, you've brought me out of that, Egypt. And even though I'm facing another giant, and this time it ain't Pharaoh, this time it's, the, it's, it's these Hittites and cellulites. And, but God, you beat them back there. You'll beat it again. And it'll be you that does it. And I'm trusting you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remain in you. Come on, you can be free in the name of Jesus. You can be free. But don't let the devil come along and beat you up and tell you that because there's been a mistake or there's been an issue or whatever else, that freedom don't work for you. You know, when they had the Emancipation Proclamation and they set the, the slaves free, they were free on paper. But in their hearts, that had to be worked out over time. Some of them went back to their masters. They didn't know how to live with what they had. Don't confuse the two. God said, I'll take these giants out little by little. I love what the Bible says later. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Come on now. This is the way God does things. Your forgiveness is instant. You don't have to even add water or microwave it, nuke it. Your forgiveness is instant. Done. Your freedom takes time. It takes some time for you to see it in the, in the natural. It's there in the supernatural, but you gotta, it's gonna take some time. So they get to the promised land. Some of them go back. Some of them say we need to stay. And the, the, the really, the thing that really breaks my heart the most is, is that whole generation, aside from Joshua and Caleb, die. And we think the miracle is that God made sure that the sandals of their feet didn't wear out. We think the miracle is, listen, we think the miracle is that God kept them alive and sustained them in a very dry, arid, wilderness land. We think that's the miracle. And if we're not careful, we'll be that kind of church and we'll be that kind of person. Well, we're just doing big circles, like a big scratch record. How many of you know that, listen, listen, faith isn't a circle. If your life is the same issue repeated over and over again, come on, listen, change from glory, that was that glory. How many of you know you, you need to be growing in your glory? What's a new, do you got a new testimony? No, it's the same problem. We're looking at the same mountain. There's a show called European Vacation. D don't rent it. But, but European Vacation, you, you remember it? Those of you that needed to repent after watching it, come on now. You, okay. Clark Griswold. 
they're over in Europe, and they get around Big Ben, the, you know, the big clock, and, and he gets stuck in traffic. And they're just going in a big circle. There, there's Big Ben, kids. Hey, kids, there's Big Ben. Five hours later, Big Ben, kids. Now it's, now it's night, Big Ben, kids. Isn't that neat? That's not the miracle. Well, the church is still here. Building's still here. Big Ben, kids. <laughs> Big Ben. We paid the bills. We're squeaking by. We're eking along. Oh, God's faithful. There's a few of us faithful saints. Yeah, Big Ben, kids. That's not the promised land. Just because you survived? John chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, the thief has come for no other reason but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more. Whew. Get out of, get out of the circle with Big Ben. Go in, step in and possess it. And that's what they had to do. They had to have the faith to be able to trust God for this place that he was taking him into. So he says, I'll prepare the way. My angel it carries my name. I'll protect you. I'll provide for you. I've got a place for you. You're going to have to receive it by faith. But there's going to be giant problems there. When I think of giant problems, I think of Paul. Because there's six mentioned here, but Paul mentions a few of them himself. He says in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 12.10, he said, that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and difficulties. He says he delights in them. Now that's crazy. He says, for when I am weak, I'm strong. You've left this all here, and you said my grace is, is sufficient for you, and you've left it all here, not just so that I could make it physically, but so that I could also make it spiritually. You see, there's two places you're preparing. There's a place here on earth that you want me to live in and be that'll bring glory to heaven on earth. But there's also a place in heaven that you're preparing for me. And i got to make it to both. Not just one. Wouldn't it be a sad story if you got all the blessings you needed from the Lord on earth and then you gave up on the blesser? Wouldn't it be a sad story if you got all the gifts that God wanted you to get on earth and then at the end of it you said, I'm giving up on the giver. What it, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be hardship and a broken heart if, if you seen all the things that came from his hand, but at the end of the story, you gave up on his face? You got to this place, but you didn't get to that one. Come on, man. I want to see you in heaven. I want to mess with you. Stuff I want to, the jokes I want to play on you. You don't think that'll happen? It's going to happen. We're going to have some fun. God wants you to make it to both. So he leaves some hardships. He leaves some giant problems so that you can get to this place. And when you possess it by faith, you recognize that by little, by little, by little, by little, by little, he's changing your character. He's changing your heart. He's conforming you to the image of his son, Jesus Christ, who went before you. So, so, so I'll end it this way with a story. And if you've heard this metaphor before, just stick with me. I'm landing the plane. You get to eat lunch in a minute. 
little boy that walked along the railroad tracks. And he began to see that each year as he walked along the railroad tracks, that the caterpillars around his house, where he grew up in a rural area, would begin to spin themselves into a cocoon. This little boy thought, you know, they're in the, inside that cocoon and they, he could see that the caterpillars would struggle. The caterpillars would be fighting inside that cocoon. So I'm going to help them. I'm going to help them. That, that's not good for the kid. That's not good for the cat. They're cute. They're cuddly. They're pretty. They got ugly faces, but, and they got lots of feet, but they're cute. I'm going to help them. So we went over to the cocoons. Boy, this, this a preach. This a preach for socialists. He went over to the cocoons and he started opening them up one by one. There, you don't have to struggle anymore. There, you don't have to fight anymore. See, there, you don't have any problems anymore. You see, I've eliminated it for you. And he noticed the next day all the caterpillars died. There's something in the struggle that takes you in a metamorphosis and changes you from one glory to another glory. And you want to fly, but you don't want to struggle. We even do this with each other. We go, hey, Bob, I see that's a struggle for you. Let me play Jesus. Let me move into your situation, buddy. I can fix it for you. You know what I need to do? I need to pray for Bob and let Bob trust God to be God. Now, if God says help a little, that's fine. But if I'm always taking out, if I'm always taking your struggle away, this is why God left some giants. He says, look, there's lions there, bunch of them together. That equals pride. Don't want that. But even more than that, while you're there, I'm going to need you to struggle just enough so that your life will be metamorphosized. It'll be changed. And you won't crawl around anymore. You won't just scoot anymore and skeech by and have, you might look cute while you're doing it, but you're not getting anywhere. You're like a caterpillar. You're just, you're just, I don't know how to be a caterpillar, but you, are you with me this morning? You just kind of, some of you come in here this morning, you say, how you doing, pastor? Let me tell you a testimony. And then I hear it ain't a testimony. You're just doing this. And get, and God's saying, I want you to fly. So I left a little struggle. Well, I thought the promises of God were yes and amen. They are. Yes is his part. Amen's yours. There's a little space in between. And that space in between has some giant problems. You will not see a life without problems till you get to the promised land. So, suck it up, buttercup. Save the drama for your mama. By faith, push. Believe your God. Possess what God says is yours. And regardless of the circumstances around you that try to spin around you like a cocoon, just know that if, it, if that's there, God's also prepared a victory for you to come busting out. And you're busting out in Jesus' name. You're busting out. You're busting out. Stand with me in prayer. Come on.
Let's do this right now. Stand with me in prayer. Don't, 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 this is my prayer time. This is your prayer time. What has he promised you? What has he told you? Did, did, didn't, didn't he promise you salvation in your family? Didn't he promise you? As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. What has he promised you? Didn't he promise you salvation in your, in, in your spouse? You're going to give up on that? Possess it. What has he promised you about this church? What has he promised you about your, your finances? What has he promised you? They say, well, pastor, you know, as soon as he deals with all the giant problems, then I'll possess it. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. So then, you know what, pastor? I'll tithe when all my financial giant problems are gone. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. Have you been listening to this preacher this morning? Uh-uh. That's not how it works. Well, pastor, as soon as he deals with my giant's problem of a spouse, then I'll love him. Nuh-uh. You gotta possess now. You gotta, you gotta possess now. He says, I've given you peace. I promised you peace through my son. He says, through my son. Listen. He said, my son said this. My peace I give. Not that the world gives. A peace that passes all understanding. He's promised the very mind of Christ for you. You don't have to be depressed, down and out, discouraged. You don't have to be in despair. These are all yours. You say there's giant problems too. That's okay. He's prepared a place. And it's a table. Just sit down. You'll get this. Pray with me right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that the promises of God are yes and amen. We thank you. You've sent an angel to prepare a way. Not just a way. He is the way. 